Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. There's a saying about three things mattering in real estate. Location, location, location. And when I'm asked about the key to a good relationship, I'm inclined to respond with a similar adage that it's communication, communication, communication. Now, again, good communication isn't enough, but it is absolutely necessary if you're going to keep your marriage on a positive path. Poor communication is one of the top couple of reasons that clients come to see me. And it's where I always start regardless of why they show up in my office. So once again, I'm delving into this fundamental aspect of marriage with an emphasis on managing arguments. And this time I'm joined by psychotherapist, Melissa Cliff. Melissa, thanks so much for coming on the show. And again, talking about this subject that we can never seem to talk enough about. <laughs> Oh, you're really welcome. I'm really glad to be here. And I agree with you. It is so fundamental, um, just getting our communication right. It's absolutely fundamental to having good relationships. So, you know, as, as my listeners know, I often say that you know, disagreements in a marriage are a given. Arguments are also fairly common. So what makes arguments and, or discussions or conversations go off the rails and create such difficulty for couples? Well, I think there are a number of things. You know, many of us have picked up ways of communicating from our, our childhood, from our parenting, from our school system and the culture around us. And a lot of the things that we've picked up are um, we, we communicate to win, we communicate mm -hmm. to be right, we mm -hmm. communicate to gain power. And um, some of the way, and sometimes we really do want to connect with somebody, but we don't actually quite have the tools to do it. Or we, we might have um, ways of saying things or expressing ourselves that cause uh, defensiveness. Um, if you think about how we're parented, um, when we get things wrong, there's a tendency to shame the child. Um, oh, that's true. We, yeah. It's, it's less, you know, in, instead of you know, lovingly correcting somebody or lovingly showing somebody the way, um, you're often told, oh, you got that wrong. Oh, silly you. What a, what a stupid thing to do. You know, why, oh, why did you do that? And all of these things, um, they really uh, create a rupture in our connection. So um, when we feel shamed, um, we become, we may either shut down or we become defensive or we want to escape. And, um, we, we lose the opportunity for listening and being heard. And we may have something really valid to communicate, but it gets lost. And, um, and we, we've missed an opportunity. Well, because and the I, other person, go on. Well, I mean, and I, I love the idea that, you know, in, that we learn how to communicate from the people around us. And if you consider the normal hierarchy of parent and child, um, a lot of times, and, and I know this is changing somewhat, but, but it was especially true when I was growing up, that nobody really was interested in either how I felt or what I was thinking. I mean, they, on occasion they might, but, if, but especially if I was upset, then, you know, it, it wasn't, oh, sweetie, come here, tell me what's wrong. It was like, stop that. <laughs> and, you know, and so we're not really 
we're not really exposed to positive ways of speaking to each other when there's a disagreement or, or, or just a difference of opinion, right? That, that's true. And our, we, we get the message that our emotions aren't, and our feelings are not important in these discussions. As you said, you, you, you will, oh, stop crying. Come on. Uh-huh. Pull yourself together now. <laughs> or, or just go to your room and, and deal with it and go off in shame. And um, yeah, nobody takes care of the fact that when you say something difficult, um, it's hard, it can be hard to hear. Uh-huh. And you need a little bit of help to be able to take that in. And there's a more sensitive way of doing that. And yes, I absolutely agree. I, you, you know, um, I think that the, the, the feelings of the child, I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there are lots of loving parents out there, but, but the feelings of the child were, were seen as far less important. And, you know, there was a, there's an emphasis on, on the parent being the authority mm-hmm. and you shouldn't question your parents. And I can remember, you know, they, you know, challenging my parents, but why, why are you doing this? And they would say, just because. Right. <laughs> because I said so. <clears throat> yeah. And my siblings and I would say that to each other. And, and, and that we did that all the time. That was supposed to be good enough. Well, just because, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you do that in a couple relationship, that's not going to get you very far. You're just going to irritate each other and <laughs> um, nothing is going to be resolved. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, I, I just had a flashback when you're talking about things that parents said, and, and my father used to say to me, or and to my sisters, that if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something good to cry about. It's like, well, if yeah. I'm crying, I think I have some. It's like, and, and I, I mean, and I did, I remember, I remember swearing that I would never say that to my kids, and, and I never have. Um, oh, and, now good for you. And, and now they're grown. So I mean, I, I probably did other things to them, but not that one. So um, yeah. Yeah, so let's, I want to get back to, to how couples can talk. And so you did a recent post and you offered some suggestions about how couples can deal with conflict effectively. And you, you were specifically setting up ground rules. So what, are, what should some of those ground rules be? Okay. There are some general ones and there might be ones specific to you as a couple, mm-hmm. but it's a really good idea to set some ground rules and um, to do it at a time when you're not annoyed with each other, when you're not in dispute, uh-huh. so that when things flare up, that, that, that you're ready and you both understand what you've agreed to. So just so, some really helpful ones that would, would, which would go for anybody. Um, you know, no name calling. You know, I see that sometimes with the couples I work with, they can come in and there's a lot of name calling uh-huh. and instantly the other person is hurt or, or, or angry or feels disrespected. Um, absolutely goes without saying no violence, no threats. Um, leave ultimatums, you know, ultimatums can be a bit tricky. Sometimes you may need to leave, but, but I would be very careful with, you know, throwing ultimate, meaningless ultimatums around. Uh-huh. Um, you know, not arguing when you've, uh, maybe if you've been drinking or <laughs> if you've been taking drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that, you know, some of my couples have, have mentioned is that it's not arguing when you're tired. Yes. So a lot of couples will find that they start talking about something important just as they're going to bed. Mm-hmm. And it can be a conversation that lasts into the early hours of the morning and the more tired that they get, um, the more emotionally raw and sensitive they are and, and maybe a little bit less inhibited about what they're saying. Uh-huh. And if there's a really 
it's really fertile ground for things to go to go wrong. And you may find there's somebody who's really wanting to go to sleep and somebody saying, but if you care, you'll keep talking and this is important. So I think agreeing that you don't talk about things when you're tired is a good uh -huh. one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, there's that, there's that uh, suggestion about don't go to bed angry. And so, I mean, and, and I actually tell my clients, don't start a serious conversation after eight o'clock at night, because again, it's that idea that you're tired. And so, yeah, so if you're, if you are angry and you're, and you're saying, well, we can't go to bed angry. So now you're angry and tired. And it's just like, oh my gosh, and you talk about going off the rails. Yeah, it's, it's a really unhelpful combination. And it's so true, that expression is one we all know, don't go to bed on the fight. And actually, um, you know, sometimes you might have to go to bed disagreeing. I, I also think sleep is a fundamental right. You know, the need mm -hmm. for sleep is so important um, that if somebody needs that, you, you, it needs to be respected. Um, I mean, the, the other thing to mention is um, around children. Uh-huh. And um, for, for, for couples who have children, um, really, I think you can be a good role model in the way you disagree. But if you have uh, heated arguments, uh, I think it's you should keep them away from the children. Um, you know, minor disagreements, you know, maybe. But but, you know, if you're really getting to disagree, you say, OK, we're going to we're going to come back to this when, when, mm -hmm. when the children aren't around. And. Um, it causes a lot of stress for children to see their, their, their parents um, not getting along or it can be really, you know, disturbing the, the worry about what's happening with my parents. Are they mm -hmm. okay? Um, so to leave them out of it and also not to confide in your children. Oh, yes. Not to take sides with your children. It, it's, an, it's an incredible burden to put on them. And if you need somebody to speak to, then you, you, you find an adult other to, to talk to. But... Um, you know, it, there's, 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 it's so awful for a child to be drawn into having to take sides with a parent. It, it, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it's a really unfair position to put them in. Right. Um, and, you know, although, although I, I do like your talk about that, you know, if there's a minor disagreement, you know, it, it actually can be a good thing for children to see, especially if you can resolve it well, if you can, you know, if, if they see that you can be upset with somebody and then you and you can re then reconnect with them. But I, but I do get what you're saying about anything that's, that's more intense or more um, emotional. Yeah. You, 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 yes. it, because, because you know, although, although it is one of those things that um, I, you know, I will have clients say, oh, well, we never fight in front of our children. They never know we're fighting. I'm going, well, they can mm -hmm. pick up on the tension. Um, yes. And so, it, again, it's, it, it really is, especially because, like we were saying before, we actually learn how to communicate mm. while we're growing up, and our parents are really our first teachers. And yeah. it, it's really important to make sure that, that they understand. Yeah, and I think they will need to learn that disagreements are a part of life. They are going to have disagreements, too. And there are respectful ways that you can disagree and try to resolve things. Yes. But I think it is, it, it's, if it, if there is getting, you know, a little too much heat to it, it's, and maybe this is as an, in, as a couple, you need to be aware what, at what point is it where you have, where you have to say, okay, listen, we need to take this somewhere else. We need to, you know, come back to this when the children mm -hmm. aren't around, you know, if it, so it's maybe knowing how do you, you know, when do you know that things are escalating? 
Yeah. yeah. And do you have any, do you have any suggestions? I actually, I actually tell my clients to, to, to use like a one to one to 10 temperature scale. And if you're higher than a six, stop, <laughs> you know, take a break, go away. Um, you know, because, mm. be, be, because otherwise it's, it's just going to devolve into, into something that's uncontrollable. Yeah. I mean, I, I would do something similar. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I like to invite people to, 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 to check in and to remember to take a breath mm. and just, you know, just that, you know, taking a few moments to, to take a, a, a couple of deep breaths and just check in. And if you notice you're getting a little too aroused, then, um, yes, that's at that point, you know, a little bit like the one, you know, scale of one to 10. Right. Um, that's when you may want to take it elsewhere. So one of the things you set up, um, you're saying is, is a ground rule and we're talking about it right now is, is like to actually take a break, um, mm -hmm. whether, and, and so, you know, that can be really hard when one person wants to continue the conversation or argument and the other one is like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. Do you have any yeah. suggestions on what people can actually say to each other? Or is this just kind of, the ground part of the ground rules that, you know, if, if, if one of us needs a break, we're going to do, you know, this, I, you know, I, I say, you know, if you're, if you're a, if you're a soccer mm -hmm. or European football fan, you know, you have a red card or you have mm -hmm. a stop sign or you, 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 there's something that, that you do that says, no, no, we have to stop this. Do you have any recommendations? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I think that taking a break is really interesting because, um, I'm sure you experience this too. This comes up so often with couples that there's one person who wants to leave and there's one person who wants to continue. Mm -hmm. And I, you can really understand for both of them how difficult that is. As you say, somebody's really wanting to keep going and let's get this resolved. I'm ready. I'm here. And the other person, as you say, you know, they may feel triggered. They, they can't think and they're not in a position to be able to work things out. But if they leave, um, you know, I mean, there's expression if they storm off and the other person's left, they can feel abandoned. Um, that can set up difficulties. So, I mean, I think you could agree in the ground rules. If you know that this is this is um, a pattern for, 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 for one of you, then it may be saying, look, I need to, I need some time out. I need to take a break. Um, but you also agree when you come back to it. And I think that's the important yes. part. Mm -hmm. So you're not just left hanging and thinking, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to sit on this and I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I, I'm, you know, I can't relax until this is resolved. So you actually have a time when you agree to come back to it. And that way, if it's done, you know, in an agreed way and say, okay, I need this time, but let's say we come back at six o'clock tonight or, or tomorrow morning then at least you know you can pick it up again. And, and sometimes the break can be helpful because, you know, if you are overwhelmed and you can't think straight, for some people they really do need that time just to collect themselves. And, and also, I mean, I'm thinking about, um, you know, some people really struggle with their anger. Uh -huh. and, and, and being able to step away is also a way of managing that anger and um, collecting themselves again. So it's also, it, it, it you know, for some people that may be really quite necessary. Absolutely. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with psychotherapist Melissa Cliff about improving communication so you can deal with conflict more effectively.
And, you know, this is a really common issue. So please don't feel like you're the only couple dealing with it. But you don't have to continue to struggle. If you're tired of disagreements turning into arguments and feeling like your relationship is getting off track, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and get in touch with me to schedule a free, no obligation, create your happily ever after discovery session. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by telephone at area code 919 9240463 again that's 9199240463 and i want to get back to the conversation with melissa cliff about better communication so melissa what are some specific actions that one person on their own can take to change how disagreements are handled okay there's quite a few things you can do and i'll just talk you through some of the the things that i see that are very common Mm-hmm. and, and um, that you could avoid or do differently. And, and if you keep this in mind, um, ideally, you, you would both be doing this. But if you're not, even if you do this, that there should be a ripple effect and hopefully kind of softening in the communication that, that, that frees you up a little bit. So um, frequently I, see, I hear people making assumptions. And um, <laughs> yeah, we know what happens when we assume. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but it, 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 it is so common. And um, we like to think that we know our partner really well. And oh, of course, this is what's going on for them. Or it's uh-huh. because they said this and oh, they're doing this because they're, they're angry with me or they thought this. And we, we don't know. So firstly, I'd say, be willing to, instead of saying, well, you did this because you're angry or, or right. something like that, to say, you know, maybe it's saying, am I right in thinking you did this because of blah? Or, or, or just being able to say, can I ask you why you did this? I want mm-hmm. to understand what you were thinking when this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it opens things up rather than shutting them down. Because again, who, who wants to be um, misunderstood or um, defined or labeled in a way that, that, that doesn't feel right for them. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can do that, often you're going to, you, you may be surprised by what you hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, well, because, well, yeah, because if I think it's this and then suddenly it's like, well, no, it's not. It's like, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we're often coming from, you know, our own backstories. So, you know, whatever we're thinking is, is, is very much shaped by our own experiences, which may be nothing to do with what's going on with them. So I, I would say that's a, that would be a good start. Um, you know, a similar thing to that, you know, really, if you're generalizing in an argument, um, like you, mm. you always do this, or you never take out the rubbish, or you never help me. Yeah, the always and never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it makes it impossible to deal with because um, you, you can't win. Oh, well, it, 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 you turn something into an intractable personality flaw. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, you're, you're incapable of helping. You always get this wrong. Rather than if you just stick with one issue at a time and say, you know, I, why did, you know, I wanted you to help me with this this morning or you know, just stick with one thing at a time rather than it snowballing into something that you'll never, never resolve. And if there is a pattern of somebody 
consistently not doing it, doing something or helping or upsetting you in some way, even if you deal with it one thing at a time, you are helping to change a pattern. Each mm -hmm. time you, you deal with it, you give them an opportunity to correct that or just acknowledge that, um, you know, maybe they hurt you or, or, or whatever, then um, it opens up possibility rather than the other way just closes it down. And you really want to keep these possibilities for um, kind of rejuvenating your relationship open as much as possible. Sure. Um, and then a very simple one, which probably we've heard a lot of, but it, it, it is worth pointing out is active listening. Uh huh. So, you know, we're, we're all on our phones a lot these days. We're looking, we, we live through our screens <laughs> and it seems really obvious things like, you know, don't look at your phone while you're having an important discussion. Or, oh yeah. That'll, that'll send it right into the toilet quickly. Mm hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And yet it, it is so common. Even my, in my own household, I, you know, I see it happening and you're just like, look, can we put the phones away while we talk about this? Uh -huh. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And being able to, you know, eye, making eye contact, really listening. And, you know, if you're, I mean, I, I often do an exercise with my couples where somebody will say something to the other one and um, we'll ask the other part of the couple to, to repeat back what they've heard. Right. Reflective listening, mm -hmm. reflective mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. And initially mm -hmm. they find it really difficult <laughs> because they're not used to it, but right. I think it's a good practice to, to just repeat back what you've heard um, so that you can check. Are you on track? Are you understanding? Because a big part of the communication is really, I, I think we want to be heard and we want to be understood and we want our feelings acknowledged. And if we can do that through our active listening, that's going to head off, I think, a lot of issues just on its own. Well, and it's really funny because you, you mentioned that, and I was just having this conversation with a client this morning about, you know, trying to solve the problem, trying to get into the logic or the rational solving of the problem before the feelings, before the emotions are acknowledged. And I said, it, I, I understand why people do it, but I'm going to tell you, it's never going to work. So it really mm -hmm. is, you know, allowing somebody to get their, feelings their emotions out and I tell people you don't have to agree with them you just have to acknowledge that this is the way your partner is feeling yeah it's so true isn't it and um and also I I, I think people are quite unsure how to do that and you know that <laughs> yes <laughs> well be, 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 because we want to fix we mm -hmm. want to come up with the answers we do we're such problem solvers and I don't think they realize that it can be as simple as saying I'm really sorry you, that you feel hurt mm -hmm. or I, you know, I really hear you're upset. You know, it, it, you don't have to say anything particularly clever mm -mm. or, you know, it, it's, it's literally saying, yeah, I really understand this is upsetting for you. Right. I really understand I hurt you. And, and that it really, that can be so much more powerful. Although that one's, that one can be a hard one because especially if my intent wasn't to hurt you, or, yes. or I may not understand how I hurt you. Um, and you know, this is where a lot of people get into, well, that shouldn't bother you. And it's like, okay, please, please don't go there. Um, because, because the fact is that it does. And it's, can I, can I acknowledge, hold on to, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean this to be the result, but it is the result. 
And that, yes. that is, I, I call it that, you know, communication, like, you know, like, like, like that's grad school level communication. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to sit with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. don't you? It, it is uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and, but it also comes back to this, this idea that your, your feelings are, are not right or wrong. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's saying, well, you weren't meant to feel like that, but you, yeah, you, but you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and you have to accept that. But I think that's a big one. I think if you can accept that this is how someone feels and that um, you don't, you're not, you can't change it, you have to accept it. I think that's a really big step. Well, and, and, you, and you, mentioned in the, you mentioned in your piece about apologies. And, you know, and a lot of people struggle with apologies, especially because I did not mean, I did not mean to hurt you. Therefore I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, okay, I, on a, on a absolute value sense, I get that. But, but here's somebody who you care about who's hurting. And, you know, I use the example of, you know, when your child falls down and, you know, skins their knee, you know, you tell them you're sorry. Right? It's like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened. You didn't push them down, but that's what yes. we do with our kids. But it's harder to do with our partners because you know there's a little bit of ego that gets involved. But it's but it's like I didn't mean to do this, and so I'm not I'm not responsible. And yes, on some level, I'm not responsible for how my partner feels. But do I care about how my partner feels? Yeah, and that's it. It's it's do I care about how they feel? And if they are hurt, even though I didn't intend it, how, do, how can we help each other? How can we make this better? Or how can I understand them better so that this doesn't happen again? Or mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, yes. and that kind, of, that kind of leads into another question about mm-hmm. it, because you talk about the, the need or the benefit of creating a good foundation. So mm-hmm. how can couples do that? What does is, what is a good foundation look like? Well, I mean, some of it is um, simple everyday connection. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in lockdown at the moment, and we may find that our, our, our relationships are quite different right now because uh, the way we're living our lives, uh, have, that's changed. We may be at home more. We may be together more. Mm-hmm. Certainly when we're in our, you know, um, our everyday busy lives, it, you know, it can be hard to make time for each other, but just those simple ways that we check in with each other, that we do things together, that um, staying in touch. Um, there's research that says that that can be just as important than as having the the big meaningful conversations. Mm-hmm. So partially, it, it, it it's it's staying connected. Um, I think it's about showing that uh, you value each other. And particularly for couples that have been together for some time, uh-huh. um, you know, there's always, you know, when you meet, you fall in love and it's wonderful <laughs> and you're so thrilled to, to just be next to each other. And of course that changes over time, but you know, re- it's remembering to show that you're valued and cared for. And, 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 and you know, there's, there's simple ways of, of doing that, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the UK, so, you know, bringing cups of tea, listening, uh-huh. how, how are you, how was your day, checking in, or I really appreciated, you know, telling them the way that you appreciate them. Uh-huh. I really appreciated what you did today. And, and simple things like, you know, noticing what they do for you uh-huh. and um, being able to say thank, thank you and, and taking an interest. 
in each other's lives. You know, you may you you may be quite different people in some ways, but 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 keeping up that interest, which um, which sounds which which sounds a lot simpler than it somehow seems to be. I mean, and when you were talking about this, I'm just going back to just simple politeness of please and thank you. Um, you know, yes. When, when I get up to go to the kitchen, it's like, can I get you anything? Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it, you, I, I frequently talk about that we, we frequently will treat strangers better than we will treat the person that we promise to love, honor, and cherish. Yeah. <laughs> you we, know, we, we, we take that for granted. I, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to consideration. Mm-hmm. Is that that way? Can you you consider each other? Yeah, which which sounds which, which sounds weird, but it mm-hmm. isn't because you know it it is one of those things where you know we do frequently, and and this is a particular time in in you know our lives where we we have an opportunity to reset some of this about how yes. do we how do we start again becoming curious becoming interested um you know asking questions asking how are you doing you know <laughs> asking what's yeah. on your agenda for today you know what what does your day look like um, you just yeah. just these very common things that somehow seem to go by the wayside they do and it's curiosity it, mm-hmm. it's 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 keeping that curiosity which you know, perhaps you need to remember to do that after a while because you, you, you start to think you know each other inside out. Yeah, I know what they do. This is our pattern. This is our, mm-hmm. These are our habits. Mm-hmm. And you can forget to be curious. Yeah, um, curious is, curiosity is one of my favorite, my favorite words. And, and I actually use it when I'm, when I'm teaching couples you know, how to communicate because it's, you know, even it's like, you know, I'm curious. Can you tell me more about this? And, and that's yes. just an invitation to have a conversation, right? Yeah, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And the other thing I, I guess I'd mentioned too is, um, is, is, is the lightness in a relationship too, that, you know, there can be a lot of serious things and you, you can have a lot of responsibilities, but really remembering too, to, to make space for the laughter, the, the, the things that are bringing you happiness, the things that are, you're going to bring some joy in. So it, it, you, you, you're not just in the routine. You're not just keeping going that you, mm-hmm. you, you make time for the adventure, the fun and the, and the humor. Yes. Yes. As the, yes. Humor is, is if you're going to live with somebody for a long time, you're going to need it. You can laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So yeah. Melissa, can you tell people where they can learn more about you, more about how to communicate better, all of these wonderful things? Yeah, of course. So um, I, I have a practice in London. At the moment, I'm working remotely, but I normally work in Dalston, East London. and I see individuals and couples. Um, I have a website, uh, melissacliff.co.uk, and uh, you, you've got my contact details on there. Mm-hmm. I do also um, have a specialism in working with people in midlife, too, as a slightly separate entity, but... Um, I also have a website called ameaningfulmidlife.com. So if you're in midlife and you're interested in working with those issues around transformation specifically, um, you could check out that website. And I, I also have uh, groups and, and um, different things. I, I, and I blog on there as well. Um, and I, yeah, so you can read my blog on there. And on the Psychology's Life Labs um, board, I, I, I blog fairly regularly too if you want to read um, 
whatever has been piquing my interest lately. <laughs> I tend to dot around a bit. Um, I, you know, my clients are very inspiring and, you know, often take me different directions. So that's where I share my thoughts on there. Well, thank you so much. So listeners, what I want you to know is that trying to avoid disagreements, even arguments is a waste of time and energy. And it's better to spend those, that time and energy finding a healthier, more effective way to deal with those disagreements. And hopefully you've picked up some ideas of how to do that today. And now the question is, will you use them? So hopefully you'll keep listening to the show and you'll keep getting some more great information from my guests. And until next week, stay loving.